course of human events, two podcast hosts get happy hour on the Friday after Independence Day. We call that Friday happy hour a very special edition. Derek, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Looking forward to chatting with you, Tyler. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it, too. Uh, Here's the deal. Uh, Derek just returned uh, a couple weeks ago from a conference that uh, our listeners are well aware is really, Peter and I find it very interesting, this managed retreat conference at Columbia University. And uh, Derek, you got to go and you have some reflections on it. And I'm just eager to hear uh, your takeaways. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. And I do want to talk a little bit about some happy beach experiences that we've had to celebrate the 4th of July. But uh, being our, our nation's birthday, it got me reflecting a little bit about what we as Americans value. Um, and retreat, just the word retreat is definitely not one of the things we value, right? We don't, um, retreat is so, uh, so down. It's such a downer, right? You're, you're retreating, you're, you're losing, you're running away. Um, but it was a really interesting conference. And I think there were some good discussions and some good, uh, discussions about what the word means and and how to think about it. So what do you think though? I mean, you're totally right about the concept of retreat, but, you know, what we've talked about this before on on uh, the the shows, various podcasts about what it, I mean the the when it's framed as a retreat, even as a managed retreat, it's like we're giving something up. Um, but if you were to say like turn that on its head and view it from the other perspective, maybe it's a maybe we are not retreating from anything. We're kind of it's a different relationship for sure with the coastline. Yeah, no question, and. There was, it was fun to go to a conference. I spent a lot of my time in DC where it's very sort of, we're trying to solve practical problems. People are working on policy and it was nice to go to a a conference at Columbia University where you really had some of the big thinkers in the country, folks from Harvard, Stanford, Columbia, you know, the, the, the prestigious universities of the country who are doing really big thinking, philosophical thinking, political, sociological thinking on these issues, and to step away from the, the day-to-day grind of DC to, to look at this. And one of the topics or one of the things that came up was this uh, etymological conversation, um, the very opening uh, that um, was, the, the conference was called At What Point? managed retreat. And they talked about the idea of at what point is both a what point in time as well as what point geographically do you consider retreat? And then we talked a bit about retreat and retreat is not just something that you, um, you do to, you know, to, to back away from things. Sometimes retreat is, can be seen as a, um, you know, you, you, you go on retreat to reflect and to think about, uh, what needs to happen. Um, so it was an interesting, that was an interesting concept, but it strikes me that Either definition we think of as retreat, you know, retreat being um, backing away from something or retreat being sort of stepping back to reflect upon it. Even that definition means you're going to be moving forward again, which really in the case of, of sea level rise and, and, and the coast is not the case. Um, so there was a lot of discussions. I think the term that I, I have come to uh, embrace that I, I've heard that I like the most is, is realignment, because that I think is more of an uh, uh, accurate description. I mean, we are going to be moving away from the coastline, but in some ways the coast is following us. So you're not, it's not like you're simply moving inland. You're, you're just shifting with the coast. You're realigning where you are. And I think realigning can also take into account, um, you know, living with water, elevating. Sometimes you're actually moving up and water is going underneath you and that can be okay too. So, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on realignment versus retreat? Well, I, I, 
first of all, I think that word is the the term realignment is uh, a a really good one, um, but primarily because it uh, it allows. I, I think that this is a battle we fight in our mind, man. Like um, we can put the water where we want it to go. Uh, we have the technology to do that. It seems it's really a question of understanding what we really want with that relationship with the water and how we want to manage it and, uh, giving, just getting there, just getting to that realization that perhaps, uh, stepping away from it and allowing, uh, the relationship with it to have more give and take, allow the, uh, in the case of rivers and, and watersheds them to, uh, be able to function as naturally as possible. And, you know, we talked with Shannon Cuniff uh, about this recently about uh, kind of tracing the coasts in and following the, the complexity of decisions that, that go into uh, local government and just developing a little suburb suburban area. Like you're going to, it's going to produce some sort of broad cascade of uh, consequence that will either reflect itself in some risk, or we're going to build some sort of management tool um, that will mitigate that risk. But anyway, I, I digress and, and I, I want to circle this back to the, your concept of what is American. And what's interesting to me is that, uh, well, obviously that question, what is American is like always impossible to ask because American is like anything and everything, uh, which is kind of great. But, uh, I do think that the, you know, it's human, it's not just American, man, it's human. We don't want to give up our space, our connection to land and our memories of it. It's really an emotional thing. And I don't know if it's so much American. I, I think that, um, I think it's, it's, it's even bigger than that. I think it's, I think it's really human, you know? Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. We certainly have that America first mentality that makes us think that, you know, it's an American perception, but you're, I think you're right. I think it is a human perception. We have would it not be American to, to, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to advance some sort of American exceptionalism here, but it, perhaps it would, the most American thing would be to pioneer a new perspective of relationship that isn't as industrially minded or, uh, you know, as Shannon would say, I believe the term is, is gray infrastructure. Is that right? <laughs> like, you know, uh, it, it, Maybe maybe that's our destiny. I mean, I, actually, I heard it on uh, on the Democratic debates last week. Yeah, and and uh, really, when we talk about this sort of American mentality of, you know, holding the holding up against the the seas, you know, pushing the seas back, great infrastructure, we're really talking about that European centric. I mean, if, if you talk to our um, the first Americans, the Native Americans, they were living with water from, you know, the time they got here. I mean, you, you, you go down to yeah. Louisiana and you hear about the, the Homa nation and, and how they allowed to have, you know, they had water living under them. I, I, I've referenced this on our podcast before, but the great, um, the great history of the Gulf by Jack Davis talks about the, the first Americans that were, um, you know, would go down and live on the Gulf coast, uh, during the winter season. But then when they just, when hurricane season came, they, they moved, they weren't, there wasn't a permanent settlement in some of these really flood, flood prone areas. And so, so maybe the, the true American sentiment is to adapt and realign and, and live with the changing 
uh, dynamics of the coastline rather than, uh, you know, putting your, putting your concrete down and staying where you are. I think you're right. And, uh, I think you're, I think you're totally right. And I, that's at least that's the version of the American identity that I, I personally feel most, uh, drawn to when it comes to coastal management. I mean, I, I really do not want to, uh, as whatever my space in this universe is, uh, I am drawn to, uh, an evolution of our thinking that uh, seems to suggest that we need to work more work with mother nature, that we actually, that we need to protect the planet, including the coastal space, but obviously everything is interconnected in a, um, in a way that I think that, (laughs) I mean, I don't want to generalize like native American uh, traditions, but clearly uh, there, there's a lot to be learned about how, uh, human existence impacts, uh, the environment and how the environment then impacts human existence. And where there's a lot to be learned from, uh, native people and how they understood that and built their like system of life around keeping things in balance. So I want to throw out a, a different, uh, we're getting philosophical today, which is good for, for very reflective. Um, but, uh, you know, celebrating <laughs> the July 4th is really what we were celebrating was a, a geopolitical revolution. And um, you mentioned the democratic yeah. debates. Uh, I think another thing that sort of tying these two things together is, you know, I think with the, the coming the coming climate crisis or the, the current climate crisis, um, there's been a lot of talk about a sort of a geopolitical revolution around um, around greening our infrastructure, greening our energy sources, and I think the coast is very much wrapped up into that. So, so perhaps one way to think about you know celebrating a, a holiday that celebrates a, a you know a vast political revolution is to think about how we uh, revolutionize the way we we work with our our, our land and our our energy sources. Um, I don't know. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that's a good reflection on this uh, weekend after the Fourth of July. I mean, um, we have a certainly we have a t- an opportunity right now. Uh, it seems as though Derek, my my sense is, I mean, I, I I've been reflecting. You know, we were talking earlier about this managed retreat thing. The fact that we we're talking about managed retreat, that in fact that that word retreat was a draw to people like sucked our attention in because we know we need to be talking about it and thinking about it. Um, I just, I do think that the, you know, I, I don't know what the tipping point is, but every dang show we do on this network, we're not trying to, you know what, with the exception of one that I can think of, I the show from Monday, uh, about the naval history of the Revolutionary War, climate change did not come up in that show. Uh, but b- every other show, uh, the issue of climate change and sea level rise and adaptivity to a changing planet that is our uh, the science increasingly is gr- the the body of work is growing and it's I'm I, the tipping point I think has kind of happened. I mean certainly in the in the democratic debate language, you hear it. And obviously 
in the administration where certain administration officials, it seems, are uh, certainly recognize um, what's going on. There's certainly scientists at NOAA that know what's going on and state so. But uh, I think the tipping point has largely happened. And we, we get this. I've, I've received the feedback before. Hey, you know, you turn people off when you talk about climate change all the time. I, all I can say is I wish I, I, I don't have that choice. Like we talk about what's on people's minds and what's on people's minds is that across the American shoreline, people are noticing and I, I think everywhere, by the way, I think that the, the just extreme weather events or whatever people want to call them now, it's people are noticing that uh, things have become a little bit more intense and uh, there's more rain than there used to be or there's less rain than there used to be. And um, it's and we know we know that this carbon is going into the atmosphere, man. I mean, this is a mastered science. We've got 130 years of of evidence that this has been what's going on. I just, I'm, I apologize to the people who get offended. <laughs> it's not that uh, I, I, we're not, we're trying to be, this is truly a universal thing. We don't, we don't uh, censor anybody, but the, the, it's the jury's out on climate change, in my opinion, at least on the American shoreline. And, and people are talking about it. And people are, you know, the interesting thing about the conference on retreat is people are talking about retreat. I mean, I work for an organization, American Shore and Beach Preservation Association, which has long been uh, reticent to talk about retreat. I mean, we represent beach communities that, that see retreat as, you know, existential crises. Um, but, you, you know, you get to a certain point and you got to start a you got to start having those conversations. What does it mean? That doesn't mean, you know, we're certainly not advocating anyone picks up an abandoned shop tomorrow. Uh, but you know, 10, 20, 50, a hundred, 200 years from now, our shoreline isn't going to be what it is now. And, and so, you know, the good politicians, the good city managers, they're starting to think about, okay, what is our coastline going to look like? And, and in many cases that means realignment. People aren't going to be where they are right now. Yeah, I totally think so. Well, Derek, uh, this has been a great conversation. And uh, in the tradition of the Friday happy hour, which is supposed to be a micropod, we're going to wrap this thing up uh, with uh, each of us are going to do a quick little personal uh, 4th of July uh, story of a a memorable coastal 4th of July. So I'll let you lead off. Sure. So my mine is not a single memory, but a memory. of, of childhood. I spent my summers growing up on, on Shelter Island in New York. Um, it's a little island between the North and South Fork of Shelter of, of Long Island, hence the name Sheltered. So it's sort of sheltered from storms by these two, uh, the two, the two peninsulas of, of the North and South Fork. Um, and it has a number of beautiful beaches. They're on Peconic Bay. So they're very low energy beaches, um, pocket beaches. So they're not that sort of, you know, barrier island type. They're little curved, beaches. Um, and every 4th of July, or actually usually it's the weekend or weekend or two after 4th of July, because because uh, they try to milk the, the tourists to stay for an extra week, they do fireworks on um, what I grew up, it was called Crescent Beach. Uh, a new a new motel opened up called Sunset Beach and has tried to rebrand the beach as Sunset Beach, because I guess that sounds a bit sexier than Crescent <laughs> Beach. Um, but to me, it's still Crescent Beach. Uh, so there were fireworks on, on Crescent Beach. And you know, it's just sort of the epitome of, of childhood of running around with sparklers and, you know, it's getting dark and you can, you know, there's a 
couple hundred people on the beach or, you know, five, 600 people on the beach. So you can run away from your parents and can't get, you know, they can't find you except you're wearing a, like one of those glow stick necklaces. So they can sort of keep an eye on you that way. And it's just, you know, to me, there's nothing more 4th of July than, than fireworks on a beach with, with sparklers and, and glow sticks. And that was my memory of 4th of July. I mean, it's really sort of absolutely an idyllic uh memory norman norman rockwell uh yeah absolutely absolutely well i've I've got derek that sounds amazing and how dare they rename the beach that's (laughs) i mean it does have it has a beautiful sunset so i get it but uh asbpa should have like a beach name registration you know kind of (laughs) stars you know you can't you can't just do that but anyway uh you know i i (laughs) Fourth uh, of July has always been a, uh, a, a, for whatever reason, I have always loved the Fourth of July. It's been my favorite holiday uh, for as long as I can remember having holidays, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, for also, I think it's just you know, there's the parade and there's like a flyover and it's a full day because the parade's in the morning and then you usually find some water or a pool or you know you got to cool off. I mean goodness gracious it's the middle of summer so you got to find a a, a cool place and there's no better place to be than uh the beach for sure Mm -hmm. and i was fortunate enough one year to be out at the beach on the fourth of july and i had uh taken a walk with a buddy of mine and uh he surprised me with a left-handed cigarette which we shared (laughs) and uh i waited out into the it was just a beautiful sunset period uh the the sun had mostly gone down this was on a california ventura shoreline so uh the sun kind of sets over the water out behind the channel islands big golden sky and then it kind of fades out and i i was just in the water taking in this magnificence and the american flags dotting the the shoreline uh just people of all types running around in both directions as far as I could see children of all different income levels you know rich people in beach houses and uh, you know Mexican immigrants on the beach uh, drinking cervezas and celebrating the 4th of July you know what's more American than that and then the fireworks started going off and uh, if ever you have the chance to watch fireworks in the water I highly recommend it Uh, you get this reflection uh, on the water and of course you get the fireworks in the sky it's just visually spectacular and the sound of uh the waves uh, passing by and the fireworks going off just up and down the coast. This is not an organized event. This is all black market, or I guess these might be legal, but I don't, <laughs> I don't that's my knowledge in California. You're not supposed to be doing this, uh, but it happens nonetheless at, at, at the beach. It's one of the only places where you can really safely uh, quote unquote, safely do this kind of thing. Anyway, it was so memorable. Uh, it's burned in my mind uh, as just a great celebration of independence, of freedom. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, sure, there was a lot of alcohol, a lot of just bass, just woo, you know. But uh, there's, there is, uh, I love that that's a part of America. I love that that's at the heart of it. I love that's the, that that's the way we do it. And uh, um you know, I like to read the Declaration of Independence and learn about American history and like, you know, take in the, the deeper 
aspects of, you know, the Federalist Papers and whatnot. But uh, the sometimes it's just nice to be out there and enjoy raw American enthusiasm. And uh, it's one of my favorite aspects of the American shoreline. Yeah, me too. It sounds like we both have great fireworks memories ingrained on our soul uh, sitting on a beach or in the water next to a beach. Well, Derek, uh, I wish you a very nice Independence Day weekend, and uh, I hope that you have a lovely time with your family. Thank you. And the same to you, Tyler. We'll have to wax lyrical on retreat and revolution and uh, celebrations again soon.